calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. It's JJ. On this episode, we have an exciting guest. His name is Brandon. Brandon has been kind enough to come on and share his stories with us. And if you want to check out more of Brandon on TikTok, you can check him at simply underscore Brandon. Again, that's simply underscore Brandon. Brandon, thank you so much for jumping on Real Hauntings with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing JJ and I love to find out at the beginning of these episodes is where people fall in what we call the believo-meter. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? I am sitting at pretty much a 10. Throughout my life, I've actually watched it kind of fall down and then go back up. You know, I think in life in general, we go through... Mm-hmm. That as uh, for the audience that is hearing this and not seeing it, um, Brandon did kind of like uh, um, well now I I'm just doing yeah. the swim motion. What do you today? You're the you're <laughs> some, the science. Brain. Some valleys and peaks there. Yes, peaks and yeah. peaks. Yeah. That's right. You know, I think we do that with a lot of things. Uh, I feel the same way about my level of Star Wars fandom. Like I started as a ten, and then I kind of was like, all right, this is kind of like getting old. They're trying to like. <laughs> redo everything and then it like went back up to like a 10 and then it kind of went down to this and then it's like back up at a 10 it's at a 10 right now because ahsoka is really good i don't know if but, anyone's watching it but but never star trek right you're always a Trekkie, oh, right? oh my gosh i'm always a 10 on star trek 100 yeah, yeah. i know that much about you um <laughs> but yeah i think that's completely normal you know i mean honestly we're always taking in so much information especially if you have like an inquisitive mind which i imagine most of the people listening to this podcast do so i'm excited to hear you as a 10 talk about your experiences has the paranormal always been something that has been impactful to you i know you have like some haunted home stories but just in general in your life do you have like a keen interest in the paranormal I do, and I always have, and it's it's kind of uh, 
interesting how that plays out because really as far back as I can remember, my first experience was when I was like three years old. And a lot of people say you can't even remember that age, but my parents are very, when my father was alive, they were very like creeped out by the fact that I could remember a house that they lived in, that we lived in. I must've been two at the time. They're like, there's no way you should remember that, but you do. Growing up, I've always had a very interesting, you know, thought about it. And I even did some ghost hunting throughout my years. I do write novels. They don't do amazingly well or anything, but I'm actually, it, it's it's kind of crazy that you guys have me on now because I'm in the process of just starting to write a book about my hauntings because somebody was talking to me last month about it and said, why don't you ever write a book about it? Because there's enough experiences. Now, if I had never seen a ghost before, I don't know if I'd be into the whole paranormal thing, but from when it started to Today, I've had people tell me they think I'm the haunted one, and it's not the houses, it's me, and I'm all, no, I think it's just I've got the luck of moving into the haunted places or working at the haunted places, because there's, there's, there's been enough to, if I wanted to tell you every single thing that would happen, you would probably need me on like 20 different episodes. And JJ, do you get FOMO when you hear that? Because I know you've, you've got to have like a hardened experience mm -hmm. as, as much as you call for it, it, it won't visit you. Uh, yes, I want to live in a world so badly where like ghosts are just like hanging out with me nonstop. But I just have never had that experience personally. Brandon, so why don't you start us with your origin story with the paranormal? The origin story goes back to Oshkosh, Wisconsin. There was a house that we lived in. And that's when I was three. And I woke up one night to my blanket falling off me. So I pulled it up. And this was probably, from my understanding, the first experience that I can remember. I started falling back asleep and the blanket was falling again. And even as like a three or four, I might've been four, but even at that time, it was just, I knew it was just falling down. I didn't think anything else of it. So I'd pick it back up and then it would start falling again. And I went and pulled it. And this, the next time when I went to pull it, it wouldn't come up. It was like somebody was playing tug of war with me. And I'm like, well, I knew my parents. So my bedroom was right near the living room and my mom and dad were still awake so i yelled for my mom to come in and still not thinking a lot of it she came in she's like what's going on and she wasn't a big believer in it my dad didn't believe in it but uh she came in the bedroom she picked me up out of the bed and brought me in the living room says he's just gonna sleep with us tonight my dad goes why and she goes well just he's just gonna sleep with us tonight and so she put me into their bedroom which again was off in the living room and she can be a little loud sometimes and she goes Honey, I know you don't believe in ghosts, but I tell you one thing, it might have been my imagination. But when I walked into that room, I swore I seen something under his bed and it looked like a human. And as soon as I flipped the light on, it was gone. Now, I was three or four, but I heard that and I'm all like, I'm never going back in that room. <laughs> and so, yeah, I did. I did eventually do. But the very next night, it got even better. So, again, and I, you might hear me say this a couple of times, my dad not being the believer, they were having this really small poker party the very next night. I was sitting, and I vividly remember this, sitting on the couch, and I had his headphones on, and I was listening to 60s music like Chubby Checker and all that stuff. And I, I seen two of the people. There were my parents, another couple, and then another couple. And a total of six people, two of them left. They were kind of settling down for the night, and I'm still on the couch. I'm little just jamming out to the song. Mm -hmm. And I seen them get up and they're all looking at each other kind of funny and I pulled them off. So this house in Oshkosh, the basement had, I don't even know what you call them, the doors that look like they're on the ground. You go to pull them open. Mm -hmm. 
like and, cellar doors kind of yes there you go like cellar okay. doors so as as i pull the headphones off they're all quiet and i as a little kid i knew right away something was wrong you could clearly hear two people talking in the basement my dad his friend who i called my uncle it just kind of worked that way but they were just friends they hurried up they grabbed the shotgun they ran to the back cellar they took a while we heard them go down the stairs and the as they were going down the stairs we could still hear the people talking about five or ten minutes go by, and they come up, and my dad still didn't believe in ghosts. You couldn't get him to believe, but the guy I called my uncle, he goes, it made no sense at all. And my mom and who I called my aunt was like, what? And he's like, the cellar doors were locked. There were no way anybody could get down there. And my dad's just like, hey, somebody had to have been down there. Like, that's pretty much my origin story. Whenever I think of oh. cellar doors, I think of like every horror movie. I'm like, well, that person's dead. Whenever their resort is to run, <laughs> right. like you know, they're like, I'm going to the cellar to hide. It's mm -hmm. like, no, the thing is down there, uh, or yeah. the movie Twister. But um, <laughs> yes, wow, that's that's quite the origin story. JJ, what do you think about all that? Oh my gosh, yeah, no, that's nuts. And yeah, the like that detail about the cellar doors too is just like so spooky so brandon mentioned his earliest memories which are terrifying jj can you put a age on your earliest memory and what it is i guess i remember having like the same nightmare every night maybe like four or like night terrors or no it was just like a like a nightmare but it was like the same one every night uh, like a tiger would just jump out of my wall and then yeah i don't know yeah interesting that, that would stick with you all this time all right, Brandon. So you kind of start with a big haunting there, especially with your mother and even your dad, who is a skeptic, uh, it, it, even though he wasn't confirming in the sense of like, yes, I saw a ghost. Yes, I believe this is a ghost. He did confirm that something happened and something was there. I'm going to let you decide as we move forward, because you do have a lot of stories. What are the most impactful and the ones you want to share? But if you'll just kind of timestamp them with your age for us, or we kind of kind of walk that path with you. So this is kind of great, too. Um, the house I currently live in, uh, we actually might not be here too much longer, but it's actually three houses away from me. It's across the street is the house I grew up in. And ironically, mm -hmm. I never see that house anymore. My parents don't live there mm -hmm. anymore. Unfortunately, it's sold. They didn't buy it. But they spent 22 years in that house. And to this day, I don't know how what it's like, but it's probably one of the most haunted houses in Wapaka. When we moved in, no one expected to have happened what had happened. When my dad seen the place, the rent was super cheap, but the windows were busted. There was glass in the yard and all that stuff. He fixed it up amazingly. So the first experience, what I just told you, was nothing compared to what it what had happened in that house. We moved into there when I was seven. I remember that specific age. But from like seven to 11 or maybe 12, the upstairs was a really short hallway. There was a bedroom to the left, a bedroom to the right. And that bedroom on the right was a little bit bigger. And then there's a back bedroom to your left also. And I spent most of my time in that back bedroom. I can't tell you how frequently at night, and it was usually, and now that I'm older, I know what it means, but it was usually between 3 and 4 a.m. I would wake up always, it wasn't every night, but always needing to pee, and I would look over at the door, and there would be what looked to me like a black shadow. In the beginning, I started ignoring it, and I'm like, nope, that's not real, I'm going to bed. It happened so frequently that I ended up going to my Aunt Gail's house one night, and we spent the night there, and she just looked at me, and she goes, you look off. She's a heavy believer in the paranormal. And even at this time, at by this point, I must have been nine. 
because it had to have been like two years that I had been seeing this thing frequently. It never came near me. It never mm-hmm. really moved. And I, I thought it was just something there. And I told her, I'm like, I'm having a hard time sleeping. She's like, why? I'm like, well, if I be honest, and I explained to her what happened. I'm like, about the shadow and all that. And she goes, oh, honey, here's what you need to do. You need to go, if you see it again, you need to say, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Mother, Daughter, Holy Ghost. Do that, and it will go away. She was absolutely wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> the very next night, after two years of dealing with this thing, the very next night I was at home, and I was under the blanket, or in the bed, and once again, I woke up needing to pee, and I seen it there, and I can tell you right now, too, I never ended up going pee. I just fell back asleep every night. I never went past it, but uh, I seen the shadow, and I go, okay. I covered my head up a little bit because I was a little bit nervous, and I go, mother, father, holy, I said it completely wrong. My head was turned towards the door. I lifted the, or pulled down the blanket slowly, and it was gone, and I'm like, I kind of took an exhale, and this is going to sound like a horror movie, but I went to look up, and it was black above me. I'm actually getting goosebumps right now talking about it because I will never forget that night in my entire life. I thought I got rid of it, and this thing was literally floating above me. In one swoop, I slid out of that bed, and I booked it out of my bedroom down the stairs, and I ran downstairs. I, get, I woke up my mom and dad. Of course, my dad was like, oh, no, 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 and my mom's like, I'll come up and look, and of course, she didn't find anything, but... That was actually one of the last times that I'd seen that. And then right around the age of uh, one of the last times, right around the age of 12, I'd say like a year, maybe two years later, we had, and this is so unique. I wish I could show you guys this. When you'd walk into the first bedroom upstairs, there was another door. We called that the attic, but it was like the attic that was on the same floor as the rest of the rooms. There was an actual attic above it. But this Mm. was like this I don't even know, like another attic. It, it veed downward. My dad had to put carpet in there. Otherwise, it was old hardwood flooring. And the room was just generally creepy as it was. I mean, you could put that room in a horror movie without the house already being haunted. And uh, one night I woke up thinking everything was fine because my sisters slept in there every once in a while. At our young age, we'd have a little hangout party, you know. Mm-hmm. I woke up one night and looking up at the attic door as I was in that attic room, was the same shadow that hovered over me the one time. And I kid you not, this time I could physically hear it. And all you could hear was like a... And I thought to myself, this this is definitely not happening right now. I shrugged my sister, Robin, and she kind of looked up and she looked up right at it and she screamed. The second she screamed, this thing was gone and I was grateful that it was gone, but I was, dude, this is enough. Mm. Um, that shadow was never seen again but it only got worse over time. (laughs) Um, Do you have any theories about why that shadow, why that was the last time? I'm kind of a weird, different kind of person. I use my brain differently than I, I I know that sounds weird to explain, but I came up with this weird conclusion that I've heard it before. As we age, sometimes we stop believing in that stuff. And I think the more you do believe in it, the more real it is. So what I mean by that is the paranormal is absolutely real, but when you're younger, you're more vulnerable to it. And I hit the age of like Mm -hmm. 13, 14 when I stopped seeing it as a teenager. And for some reason, as dumb as this sounds, I feel like that was like the lowest step on the paranormal that I seen. Then it went to the next level Mm. to me, what it reminded me of, and this sounds so weird, but what it reminded me of is, is if I went from the childish paranormal to the now R-rated paranormal. 
because right. it only got it, it only got worse. I never seen that shadow. And even when it hovered over me at that young age and scared the crap out of me, it was nothing compared to some of the other things that had happened to me. I'd rather take that Oof. back than anything else. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you'll you'll appreciate this, Brandon. I call that uh, theory the Santa Claus theory um, because okay. it's, uh, you know, as young kids, the more you believe in it, the more real it is. And then when you kind of taper off as a teenager for a lot of, you know, based on what JJ and I have heard from these stories, um, it can kind of dissipate for people as, as you know, they they get older. Not always. I, I have a feeling it's sort of about yeah. to here. Right. But, or then they get older and it gets like way more. Intense, yeah. yeah. Man, I, I was getting yeah. super scared when you were uh, saying what your aunt told you to say and you were like, it didn't work. I was so scared you were going to say that 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 thing got in your face and started just repeating that to you. I don't know, for whatever reason, I was like, that would just scare the shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, if like this ghost has started going, holy father, mother, go, holy father. Like, oh, right, that's it. Just, yeah. just take my soul, whatever you need, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. So you said it, it, it kind of staved off there for a while. Can you tell us when it jumped back in and started to really intensify for you? It got interesting because this is where my father, um, he started to come to a little bit realizing something was going on in this house. See, he, uh, when we moved to Apaca, he must have been right around my age, actually. I'm 37. So, um, and he didn't buy into any of that. So, what had happened was my dad was for a while there, us as the kids, we weren't dealing with much. It's like it kind of moved to my parents and my dad had to fight not to believe it because he drove for a garbage truck and he also worked as a bus driver and he was getting up at three o'clock in the morning. And I can't tell you how many times he would wake up and come upstairs and physically waking me up because somebody's bouncing a ball upstairs. It happened, I would say, at least once a week. He's like, I don't know who's bouncing the ball up there at three, but you guys need to stop. Eventually, he stopped bringing it up. But I started to hear the bouncing ball every once in a while. But again, it didn't really phase me. It didn't, at this, it's weird to explain. At this point, I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to keep sleeping. Let my dad deal with it. When things started to really intensify, it was when I hit about 14 or 15. And I started hanging out with friends a lot more. And like, because the early years, I didn't hang around with too many people. 14, 15, I started hanging around with a lot of people. And we'd go out and do these fun things. And like, we would, we got to that point in our teenage lives where we're going to go to these real haunted places around Wisconsin and check out these ghosts and stuff. And I'm like, my house is haunted. And they're like, really? Like, you have no idea what I've dealt with through my life. And again, I'm at 14, but we're skipping over quite a bit, getting to the big parts. So I'm just, to them, I'm like, there is so much you guys don't even know. So I had a buddy who had a Ouija board. And my mom hated those things. She didn't want them around. She's like, that will never be brought into the house. And uh, we brought it into the house. That was probably the biggest mistake of my life, because to this day, I still can, I don't know how to explain this. I feel like that part is still kind of there. What we did that night was we were in the little attic, and we had... Now, in my honest opinion, nothing to me happened with the Ouija board. It was kind of just like, this is boring, let's put it away. It was after we were done with the Ouija board was when we were both going to bed. In the attic, I slept on the bed, he slept on the floor, I had the TV, and I remember the DVD, (laughs) the the word Apex on the TV, bouncing on the TV for the DVD player. Mm -hmm. And it turned off. And I thought to myself, that's weird, because this was an old box TV. They don't turn off. They, there was no timer. I had it on every single night. I'm like, 
that's weird. That turned off. And right where my bed was, this attic had a window. So the window brought in a little bit of light, but not a lot. And I don't know how to explain the feeling I got because I'm kind of getting again, but I just started getting the goosebumps. And there was this weird feeling in my chest of like, uh-oh, something's wrong. Like the TV turning off didn't scare me. It just made me realize something's wrong. And I watched my hand or my friend's hand come up and he like put it on my arm and I'm all like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he didn't say anything. And his hand's on my arm and I'm like, what's wrong? And I kind of look over and he's passed out. And this isn't his hand. I'm all, I jumped out of bed. I sat up real quick and I looked down and I'm all like, okay, this isn't, this, this isn't happening. This, I've got to be dreaming. Like this is, as a kid, I've seen this stuff, but I've never had something physically touch me. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. And I kept telling myself I'm dreaming. So I, I laid back down. I put the blanket over my head, closed my eyes, and I'm all, I, I remembered, and this was six or seven years later, I remember what my aunt told me. And I'm all like, I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> if I can say it right, maybe it'd be okay. Um, and I don't know what made me do this. And maybe this was just part of me that remembered something, but I, I started going, Goodbye, 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 goodbye. At 14, I didn't know much about the paranormal. Internet wasn't a big thing. You couldn't jump on there and search it up. Today, I know that when you say goodbye, if you're trying to investigate something, that means you're reading whatever it was. I didn't know this back then. But something inside of me kept saying goodbye, and that quickly went away. The hand was terrifying. It got me. And to this day, I can still like feel mm. that hand on me. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. But I think what really set everything off into like this spiral of things was when my cousin Dallas came over, this first started. It was almost like you could almost consider it like a movie where it was one ghost after another. Thankfully, it wasn't all at once. But uh, he was he was he slept in the attic. He had taken it over. I must have been 15. A year went by. No, I was still 14 because I remember the clothes he brought me. Um, and he was he was just turned 18. He went to work with my dad at the garbage company. And he woke up one morning, came down and said, Aunt Bev, why would you wake me up so early? And she goes, I didn't. He's like, yeah, you woke me up. My cousin didn't believe in ghosts. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, my cousins, from my understanding, wherever their parents usually lived, because they lived in a, an apartment once and then a duplex, they never lived in a haunted setting. So he's just like, no, you woke me up. I seen your robe and everything. And my mom's like, I didn't have a robe on this morning. I just had regular clothes. Dallas, I just woke up not too long ago. And he's like, oh, okay. So my cousin went on for like the next three days saying some lady is waking me up. I'm not being affected. My parents aren't being affected. My sisters aren't being affected, but this news person is. I'm like, okay, I can deal with this. So my buddy came to spend the night one weekend and Dallas was gone for the weekend. And he was back at home. I think, well, he was staying with us, but he's back in my aunt and uncle's house just for the weekend. And I go, Dallas, do you mind if we stay in your room? He's like, no, just don't touch anything. So we did. And we stayed up and we stayed up till 3 a.m. And I should almost have my wife come up and explain her part of what happened to her when we were dating, too, because uh, this all, this is the biggest part of it all, was we stayed up and there was this instant where you could feel in the attic it was a cold breeze, kind of, you know, cliche with movie, but, like, the window was behind me. I'm like, it, it's not that. And this woman with this, how do you explain this? Okay, here's the bedroom. Now I'm turning away from you guys. Here's the bedroom. Both doors go straight. So like if you come up the stairs, the bedroom door is right there. And then the attic door, they're like combined. Like they're not together, but you can see through both. In the hallway, this woman with like this white veil over her head. She looked like, not like a wedding dress or anything, just a white veil, old and creepy. And my friend seen it. I did not see it. My friend saw it and he goes, did you see it? And I go, no. And the only reason why I know what she looks like is because to this day, I never seen her. I never once seen her. My friend did. My cousin did. My mom did. My dad did. My wife did. My sisters did. I was the only one that never seen this figure. Hmm. But I definitely felt her because after they explained it, I'm positive hmm. she's the one that grabbed me. And I question to oh. this day, I wonder if she's the one that I somehow brought in with the Ouija board into that house. Mm, interesting. <laughs> Did you see any details on that arm that grabbed you that made you think, oh, this is elderly woman? No. See, when I think back on it, like when I close my eyes and I can still picture the room because, I mean, I grew up in that house and I can picture the bed where it's at. I can see the window. I can see the TV. I can see this, the apex wording on there. I can't remember seeing the hand. I just know the hand grabbed me. I know the hand was there. I know it was pulling down on me, but I cannot remember seeing the hand. My wife actually had that same experience. I'm going to try staying around the same age and going forward, but uh, well, I'll tell hers right now. So I was cleaning with my dad at Simpson's Restaurant here in Wapaka. I don't know if you've ever looked up Simpson's, Simpson's Restaurant in Wapaka, Wisconsin, but uh, it's a very haunted restaurant. And I did not know this. My dad did not know this. 
Um, but my wife, one night, she woke up to me standing, and it was in the attic. The old, you really only ever seen the old lady was in the attic or in the hallway right there. My wife swears to this day. In fact, we were just talking about this yesterday, too, because we were talking about coming on here. And she's like, you got to tell that. Um, she remembers waking up and saying, babe, come to bed, come to bed. Because to clean Simpsons, you had to be there at about 1 o'clock in the morning. You were there till about 4 a.m., sometimes 5. Um, this specific night, she, uh, at the time, cell phones weren't even really a thing. They were the ones that you pulled up the little antenna with. Um, but mm. uh, she uh, she goes, babe, come to bed. So she felt me get into bed. She felt me wrap my arm around her, but she said it was cold. She turned around to this old lady's face with the veil, and she said she just looked like the, the cheeks were sunken in. She's like, babe, it sounds like a horror movie, but I know she was telling the truth because when I got home that night, she was downstairs on the couch, and to this day, she can vividly recall every instance. And my wife, here's the best part, to this day, after seeing that, she still questions if paranormal is real. So she's <laughs> not even a 100% believer, but she knows what she saw that night. She's like, I know what I've seen, but I think she's just in denial. Like, I don't want to ever have to deal with that again. As long as she says she doesn't believe in it, she doesn't have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah that's, kind of what, that's kind of what's going on, yeah. I, maybe subliminally there's a little bit of that going on with me. I don't know. Yeah, my, my dad ended up uh, believing right around the age of 15 for me. My Aunt Gail came and stayed with us, and she slept in the downstairs bedroom, and my parents were sleeping upstairs. My dad and mom, for some reason, they had the girls' room, with the attic. So I can't remember to this day. Oh, because in the house, they made two bedrooms in the basement. It was really easy to do. Now, here's a fun mm -hmm. fact. I lived in the basement for a couple of years and nothing ever happened to me down there. You think the basement would be the number one place? Wasn't spooky at all. I slept in a pitch black room and it didn't bother me once. Yeah. Um, but the upstairs was all the fun stuff. Uh, my dad recalled clear as day too. Uh, unfortunately, my dad passed away a couple of years ago, but, uh, if he was alive, he would tell you that the one thing that made him a believer, even after seeing and hearing these things for all these years, was him and my mom going to bed one night. They were in the girls' room, laying on the floor, well, the bed on the floor, and they turned their heads towards the attic. And in front of my dad's eyes, he clear as day seen feet. There was nothing else. There, there wasn't legs. There wasn't a body. He seen the feet, and they, like, pitter-patter towards him. And... My dad was like six foot two. He was a big burly guy. He believed in not being afraid of anything. He wasn't afraid to say anything to anybody. He was one of those guys. And that day forward, he's like, all right, you ghosts finally win. I believe in you. Just leave me the hell alone. Like he seen, he, I'll never forget that story. He's like, all we seen was feet and I knew something was wrong. I just... actually, <laughs> after that day was when he, he really started having things happen to him. And again, that goes back to the more you believe, the more it's going to happen. Because like he didn't believe. He's like, that's that's not real. And the moment he started believing, he started realizing, oh, my God, there's an old man in the house. There's there's this old lady in the house. There's a little girl in the house. Um, my next best, this gets, this gets wild because I almost need to somehow get a hold of some of these people and do like one big thing because it's so crazy. So one night in the large room upstairs... I was sleeping in there. We switched rooms every once in a while. And so the bedroom floor, the bedroom windows in all three rooms had what you'd call floor windows. The windows went to the floor, but they weren't real big. The bed was next to the window. I woke up one night. The bedroom's pitch black. 
I can see outside on the window, there's this little swimming pool outside and there's a chair out there. Somebody was in our yard and I'm like, you gotta be crapping me. Like I could clearly see it was an older gentleman. And I'm like, dude, it's gotta be like two, three o'clock in the morning. At this time I was probably 15, 16. I wasn't even that scared. I mean, you're scared. There's a part of you that's absolutely scared, especially when you're alone. But for the most part, you're also just like, all right, come on. So I'm looking out the window and he's just sitting there. And I begin to realize he's staring at me. Mm. My room's pitch black. I'm under this blanket with just my head poked down. This guy is staring at me. And I'm like, no, you can't see me. Like, there's no way. He takes his cane and he points it up towards me like he's pointing at me. And I'm just like, this is not happening. Hell no. (laughs) But at this point, I heard movement downstairs. And my dad... My dad was a cigarette smoker and he was a heavy smoker. This guy would wake up at two o'clock in the morning just to smoke a cigarette. I'm like, please, dad, be up. That's got to be you. I booked it downstairs. Sure enough, my dad was up. I'm like, look out that window. Because in our dining room down there, there was uh, two larger windows that pointed right at the swimming pool. I'm like, look out the window. Look out the window. And my dad looks out there and he goes, and this was after my dad was a believer. He's like, who the hell is in our yard? So my dad seen him. I'm like, thank God I am not going nuts. My dad booked it to the back door. And as soon as he started booking it to the back door, I was rushing to the from the stairs to the dining room. I looked out there. So my dad seen him. I looked out there. The guy was gone. So my thought was, well, okay, maybe that's not so paranormal. But how did he see me? Why did he point his cane at me at 2-something in the morning? Like, that, that got to me. So it gets interesting. I'm going to skip a few years real quick and then jump back because it brings me to the house I'm in right now. The first night we moved into this house, there's the back bathroom and it's pitch black in there. And next door is a really, it's a much smaller house than this one. And there's a garage. And I walked back there and I had to pee. It must have been, I don't know, probably one o'clock in the morning to sometime in the morning. And uh, I walk in there and I look out the window in the bathroom and the bathroom's dark. I don't turn it on to go to the bathroom. I know where the toilet's at. There's a guy standing in like the door frame of, the garage, and I'm like, oh, he must be working late or something on something. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, the garage light is off. What is he doing? And then I'm sitting there thinking more. This guy's staring at me. Twice in my life, I've had somebody outside staring at me. I'm like, but it's dark in the bathroom, and you can't see me. And he's staring at me. And this guy had a cigarette in his hand, and I'm all like, he's got to be real. I went to the bathroom. I, I used the toilet. I'm like, I'm freaking out at this moment. Now I've already got a wife and kids by this point. I'm like, what if he's going to try breaking in the house or something? I need to find out. I did not sleep for the rest of the night because when I walked back to the window, he was gone. The door was closed. The garage door was closed. I'm like, it had to have been the neighbor. The next day I talked to the neighbor woman because I was new here. And she said, well, there's no male that lives here. So I don't know what to tell you. Like she wasn't even phased by it. It didn't bother her. Between the house I live in now the house I grew up in, Simpson's Restaurant. Where else was there? The house in Oshkosh. I've had so many different paranormal activities. It's insane. No matter Mm -hmm. what I do, I can't seem to get away from it. Just picture your dad constantly carrying a shotgun around and always trying to chase (laughs) ghosts out of the house. (laughs) Get out of my lawn, ghost. (laughs) Yes, yes. And that that actually would sound like him, except for towards uh, towards the end of living there, he didn't even own a shotgun anymore. But when he did, yeah, he, <laughs> you're right. Get out of here. <laughs> well, um, as 
As we kind of come up on our hour, do you want to share the story about, you said there's a little girl too that was in the home? So we lost two massive pieces of equipment. One was a camera from Simpson's Restaurant. I wish we still had it that had a picture. The kitchen door in Simpson's had like two open doors and the one had a glass window and there was a picture of a face in there. The other one was this little voice recorder that said, I'm playing with her. I'm playing with her. I'm playing with her. Because when my daughter Lily was born, she was just a baby. She was looking up at something in my parents' house and she was going, Ooh, like we knew she was looking at something. And that was the little girl that had the bouncy ball. So this is probably the most important thing I'll probably ever remember in my entire life. We know that the house was haunted with an old man, an old woman, and a little girl. Um, anything else could have been brought in by me by accident. I don't know. But the little girl was a staple of that house because of the bouncy ball constantly happening. Um, people feeling like they had their toes played with, which they felt would have been that. And then my daughter having that experience and we actually catching the voice on the recorder. And to this day, we don't know what happened with it. But so when I was like 21, 22, and we had moved out. You know, we, I was married. I had the kids. They were a little bit older. Well, not much older, but I had all three of my kids by this point. I was working at uh, one of the foundries here, and I was just cleaning the offices. And this lady, her name was Sue. She was my boss. And I don't know how we got on the conversation of this, but she asked me a question about my parents and stuff. And I told her where they live. And she goes, oh, now, Sue, this was close to 20 years ago. She was about 63 at this time, 64 maybe a little older, um, but she was my boss. And she goes, I used to babysit a little girl there. And I just kind of like, no, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Like I was in denial in this moment. Don't say that. She laughed a little. She goes, why? I'm like, because that house is very, very haunted. And she goes, well, yeah, the old man, which was the little girl's grandpa, he died there. And then the grandma died mm -hmm. and the little girl actually died before both of them from an illness. I used to oh watch gosh. the yeah. She goes, I used to watch the little girl, and we used to play bouncy ball upstairs. Oh, get out of here! Ugh. No, I got talking about it right now, oh. and I go, you have to like, don't go anywhere. I need you to, you know, prove this to somebody. Like, I need to record this. This is not happening. What are the odds that you meet somebody that used to go to that house with what you assume to be the ghosts now? And I was just. I was blown away by it. And like, <laughs> to this day, I think she's still alive. I think Sue's still alive because I swore I seen her not too long ago, but I'll never forget that. And um, another important thing real quick, I'll tell you, and I don't know what this means, but uh, the very first night my parents moved in, in fact, I was just writing about this too. Um, the very first night, the doorbell rang. My dad, at that time, he wasn't you know, a believer and he goes, oh, somebody's at the door. And this was like one, two o'clock in the morning. We all woke up because it's a doorbell. And he went out there, no one was there, whatever. Very second night, doorbell rang again. Very third night, doorbell rang again. Finally, my dad in his shotgun was like, I'm staying up tonight. He stayed up. Sure enough, I stayed up with him. I remember laying on the couch and we were watching a Jaws marathon. And it was like one something in the morning. I think it was the third Jaws already on. And it was about to go to whatever AMC went to at the time. And the doorbell rang. My dad's like, all right. So to get into the house, to get into the front door, you have to enter through an enclosed front porch with a bunch of windows wrapped around. The inside um, of the front porch, 
going into the house, there's actually a big bay window that leads into the house in the front door. You have to open the screen door and the porch is very, you can hear. We didn't hear anything. The door about to start going off. My dad rushed with the shotgun to the front door. No one was there. So what he did was he unhooked the doorbell. We didn't have a doorbell for the next 22 years. Well, they didn't. <laughs> and the reason why I bring this up is because after 22 years of living there, the landlord passed away and they sold the house. My parents didn't buy it. They moved to a much nicer house about four blocks down. And I can get every family member to admit this. The very first night they moved into that house, the doorbell started going off. And my dad's like, this is not happening again. And guess what? It happened for three nights in a row until he clipped the doorbell. He's like, this isn't happening. And I told him, I'm like, guess what? Because at this point, I must have been 27, 26, 27. And I, I literally schooled myself on the ghost and all that stuff and paranormal. And I go, they followed you. They probably followed me. They probably followed the rest of us. I bet you that house isn't even haunted anymore. They probably followed all of us because like the house I live in now is very haunted. I mean, we just had something happen the other day. I had that bookshelf, had one book fly off it. My dog barked. And that was the first experience I've had in this room in the last two years. Oh, Brandon. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's man. scary. Wow. That was scary <laughs> as hell. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, JJ, what, any thoughts? That, that was that was pretty intense. Yeah, no, that was super intense. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to like, if, if I had that many things, had to experience that many things personally, like, I don't know, I think I would probably be a 10 too. Like that, yeah. how do you explain all that? It's just nuts. The fact that she was bouncing a ball, oh, that got me. Yeah, mm. well very yeah Whew, just tied everything just together a full circle yep well thank you so much for coming on the podcast again audience if you enjoyed hearing brandon's stories make sure you go don't i was about to say don't run don't walk run i don't know if people do that to tiktok make sure you go to simply underscore brandon and, and check out his content i i really enjoyed listening to his stories on there and i'm always so thankful when they translate well on mm -hmm. here because man that um that's the perfect spooky season episode as it is literally jam-packed <laughs> ghost stories you made the night very easy on jj and i that that was yeah. pretty wild With that i'm noah daniels i'm jj i'm brandon bramer Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. 
New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.